Star Wars 7x7 episode 3188. It's hard to believe we are halfway through season three of The Mandalorian and today we're going to start a brief series of looks at what's happened already and what we have to look forward to. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So we're already through four episodes of Season 3 of The Mandalorian and... Today we're going to talk about what the whole season looks like in terms of you know, what's come before and what we may have to look ahead at. So for a start, I want to talk about the fact that this season is rather unusual in terms of its structure. If you think back to season one of The Mandalorian, the first four episodes involved Mando finding his quarry and then having to survive getting off Arvala 7 with his quarry, then deciding that he didn't want to give up his quarry and then trying to hide out with his quarry, albeit unsuccessfully. Then in season two, we had a very linear narrative as well, although it kind of... <laughs> went sideways at a lot of points and became sort of the quid pro quo season as we've talked about previously on the podcast. So he goes to Tatooine to try to find more Mandalorians and then while he's there he picks up a job taking Frog Lady to her home planet but then he gets sidelined by the New Republic and they have to deal with stuff on Maldo Crace and those creepy ice spiders, right? But then he gets to Trask eventually delivering Frog Lady and finds out about Ahsoka from Bo-Katan while he's there but he has to get his ship repaired and so he goes to Navarro and makes a deal with Grief Karga in exchange for repairs of the ship. He goes to help him with this Imperial installation there, right? So both season one and season two have a pretty linear narrative for their first four episodes. As for season three, though, we haven't really had a similar linear narrative. I mean, we had a bit of it with Mando going back to Navarro and getting the sales pitch and the economic development pitch from Grief Karga, but finding out that there's a pirate problem, which is probably going to pop up later, and that he needs the parts for IG-11 in order to speed lunk on Mandalore. But he basically gets that done by the end of the second episode, and then the third episode, the majority Majority of the time is taken up by the storyline involving the uh, Dr. Pershing and uh, Elliot Kane, right? That happening within the New Republic. And then even though it wasn't really necessarily a lot of the time, it did feel like a lot of the airspace in episode four was really about Grogu's backstory and that flashback to Order 66, even though it was just, you know, five minutes out of a 30-odd minute episode. And the point I'm getting at is that in season one and season two, we've also had, because of the very linear nature of those first four episodes, a reasonable idea of where the rest of the season would go, right? So at the end of episode four in season one, we knew that at some point he was going to have to deal with all of the bounty hunters and the Empire coming after him to get Grogu back. Like there would have to be some sort of resolution reached. And there was, it wasn't necessarily a permanent resolution, of course, because Moff Gideon comes back to menace them in season two, but you get the idea, right? And then in season two, there's sort of a twofold situation because the Mandalorian is looking for more Mandalorians with whom to connect, and he kind of does with Bo-Katan, except she doesn't really want to have much to do with him because of him being part of this religious zealot cult, right? And the other part of it is having to find someone for whom 
Grogu would be appropriate, right? He was thinking that he was not going to be Grogu's ward forever. He was looking for someone that he could pass Grogu off to. And so naturally, now that we have the benefit of hindsight with this, episode four with him finding out about, or I'm sorry, episode three is when he found out that there was a Jedi kicking around on this other planet, right? Ahsoka Tano. But he couldn't quite get there because of the repairs to the ship. But the whole goal was to get him connected with the Jedi in some fashion. And that's where the rest of the season headed. But if we're going to try and look at what's come before in season three and look ahead and try to figure out what's going to happen with the rest of the season, well, we kind of have to go back to the log line as the season was originally pitched to us. So this is what the official description of season three is. The journeys of the Mandalorian through the Star Wars galaxy continue. Once alone, bounty hunter Din Djarin has reunited with Grogu. Meanwhile, the New Republic struggles to lead the galaxy away from its dark history. The Mandalorian will cross paths with old allies and make new enemies as he and Grogu continue their journey together. Now, we've kind of seen part of the New Republic aspect of things already. It's struggling to get away from its dark history, although we've really only been introduced to that concept via Elliot Kane, who tells Dr. Pershing that the New Republic is struggling. But we don't necessarily see that for ourselves. We just see a little bit of the rot, if you will, that's present in the New Republic that was also present during the time of the Empire, that was probably also present during the time of the Galactic Republic. These socialites on Coruscant who are like, well, I just try to stay out of things. And, oh, you know, whether it's the Empire or the Republic, it's all the same thing. But we need to get more about that, particularly from Carson Teva. He has a scene that we haven't yet seen in any of the episodes where he's talking about something big happening out there. And before they do something about it, it's going to be too late. Which naturally is some sort of implication to how things are going to build into a climactic story event. And there was an interview with Dave Filoni recently where they asked him about whether this was still going to happen. Kathleen Kennedy announced that there would be such a thing back at the Disney Investor Day in December of 2020. 20, but John Favreau has talked about continuing The Mandalorian and making more episodes, and so he was interviewed by The Wrap, and they said, you know, is it one or the other? And he said, well, does it have to be one or the other? He basically said, no, it doesn't. There could still be this kind of climactic event happening, and he said that the reality of a big event happening at that part of the timeline is very real, but as long as the Mandalorian doesn't get killed off in whatever that climactic event is, then the show The Mandalorian could go on for as long as audiences want it and as Jon Favreau is interested in doing it. And speaking of Dave Filoni, so he has a writing credit on episode 20, The Foundling, which probably shouldn't come as a surprise since it involves the Order 66 flashback. He also has a writing credit on episode 23, or chapter 23, episode 7, if you will. <laughs> so that implies that we're going to get something also potentially related to either, you know, old flashbacks of Order 66 and more about his backstory after Kelleran Beck takes him off of Coruscant. It also suggests that maybe there will be something that ties into the Ahsoka series as well. And it's also worth noting that Rick Famuyiwa, who directed the first episode of Season 3, is also directing the last two episodes, 7 and 8. So the fact that he set up the whole pirate thing at the very beginning of the season does suggest that we may see more of that in the final 
final episodes of the season. We've already seen some scenes where Mandalorians show up on Navarro, and initially we talked about the possibility that this was related to a Mandalorian civil war of sorts, so writ small, basically, between people who might have been supporting Bo-Katan versus people who might have been supporting the Mandalorian, and that doesn't seem to be the case and seems instead like it's going to be the Mandalorians showing up to help Grief Karga with his pirate problem. And another thing we haven't yet seen is that droid bar scene where there is included in all the droids that we get to see a New Republic droid like the one that's interviewing Dr. Pershing in episode three. Why the Mandalorian would need to go to a droid bar at this point, I don't know because the whole point of him doing anything droid-related had to do with getting IG-11 ready to be able to help him speedlunk in the minds of Mandalore, and obviously we're way past that situation, so I can't imagine <laughs> what that might have to do with anything unless it's going to be making R5-D4 less nervous and jumpy. And we also haven't seen, there's just one brief little shot of the Mandalorian flying his N1 Starfighter in daylight and attacking what looked to be the pirate Corsair ship. So that's another thing that lends itself to the idea that we might be seeing a pirate-related finale for the season. There are also a couple of scenes with like the Mandalorian walking out of a cave on that little planet and other Mandalorians standing around him. I don't think we've seen that exact shot. And we've also seen other Mandalorians standing around and, you know, tapping their armor with their fists and maybe that happened at the very beginning I'm not 100% positive but that also felt like it was you know not something I remember seeing and it could also be something that you know has to do with getting the Mandalorians to go attack the pirates later on and the last thing I want to flag for you is something that shockingly out of all the times that we've been talking about this season so far that we haven't mentioned, which is the fact that when the Mandalorian and Grogu are in hyperspace in episode one from the season or chapter 17, if you will, there's a moment where Grogu looks out of his little bubble and he sees Pergil flying alongside them in the hyperspace wake. And they are not named as Pergil in the audio description. They're just mysterious celestial creatures, so they're not giving the general public, if you will, the idea of what exactly those things are. But of course, if you are a Star Wars Rebels fan, then you have identified them as Pergil, and that is a giant red flag that we're getting a hint at what happened with Ezra and Thrawn at the end of Rebels. Like, that's the only reason why, well, it's not the only reason why. Like, it might just be an Easter egg to make people go, <gasps> and be shocked and surprised, but Dave Filoni is just so ridiculously coy, there's nothing he does accidentally, so it seems like a naturally obvious thing to presume that if he is waving Pergil in front of our faces, then... <laughs> It's going to be a flag that something is going to happen. Some more information about Ezra and Thrawn's fate is going to be revealed by the end of the season. And that's what I've got for you on our sort of 30,000 foot view of the first half of season three of The Mandalorian. And over the next couple of days, we'll dig a little deeper on a couple of characters. But for now, that is going to do it for this episode of the show. And it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it. As always, and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Seven by Seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. At Granger, 
we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.